the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm your host, Todd Marquardt. Have you heard about the PACT Act? Today, our guest, Attorney Colonel Karen Pike, United States Army retired, is going to be talking with us about the PACT Act. Our show today is sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. Veterans Medical Assistance Group, and Veterans Information Services, Incorporated. The United States House of Representatives, United States Senate, and President of the United States passed the PACT Act on August 8, 2022. A hidden legal issue blind spot for some United States military veterans is the entitlement of disability compensation benefits through Veterans Affairs. Our sponsors today, like I said before, uh, Veterans Medical Assistance Group provides professional assistance to help you understand your current Veterans Affairs disability ratings and benefits, current medical situation that impacts both in-service connected disabilities and connected uh, conditions that were aggravated by existing service-related disability. Also sponsoring today is Veterans Information Services, a resource for attorneys and agents accredited to file claims and appeals before the United States Board of Veterans Appeals. The Veterans Information Services includes software, continuing legal education, a dynamic listserv with, which averages over 300 professional members, and an ar- archive site to access all previous listserv questions, answers, Office of General Counsel Opinions, Board of Veterans Appeals Opinions, and other judicial opinions. Call Jay McIntyre at 770-591-0260. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as your tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help me and attorney Karen Pike give good information to the listeners about the PACT Act today. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Like I said before, today's show is about the PACT Act, and we're going to talk to attorney... Colonel Karen Pike, United States Army, retired, about that and other types of veterans' benefits as well. Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Todd. It's nice (laughs) to be here. 
Tell us a little bit about where you're from and what your background is. Well, I uh, was born into a military family. My father was in the Air Force, so we traveled around quite a bit as a child. And when he retired, uh, we ended up here back in my mom's hometown and settled in the lovely little town of Lavernia, Texas, where I graduated from high school. And then I moved here to San Antonio for my bachelor's and law degree, which I took at uh, University of the Incarnate Word. And then I moved across town to St. Mary's University and attended law school. Wow, you've been here almost your whole life. Uh, yes, back and forth. I mean, when you're overseas on the military, you always come home to visit family, and this was one of our home bases. Mm -hmm. And so after you graduated St. Mary's, did you join the Army right away? I did, almost right away. I had to wait a short period of time to obtain my license, uh, and I didn't get that until uh, six months after graduation. Mm -hmm. um, and you know how that process works. Right. You've got to take the bar exam, and then it takes the state a little bit of time to – uh, announced those it. fabulous results. Yeah. And so as soon as I got my license in November, I went on active duty um, eight weeks later. So can you, can you say where you went? I can't. I was <laughs> initially assigned to Fort McClellan, Alabama, which at the time was an active duty installation handling uh, the training for military police and the chemical corps uh, soldiers. And what types of law did you practice throughout your career with the Army? I've practiced almost everything the Army um, does. A few areas that, like patent law, which is very specialized, I didn't work in. Mm -hmm. But I handle the general practice area where we help soldiers with personal issues like divorce, consumer issues, uh, getting a will mm -hmm. or a power of attorney they might need for uh, – things that they need their spouse to do when they're deployed. I've been a military prosecutor. I worked in their uh, insurance and uh, claims defense section, which where we, I defended the United States against tort claims for various things. And that section also collects back when military members are injured at the hands of a third party, like in a car accident, we lose time for them at work, and we have to pay for their medical care, so we recover those dollars back from that third party on behalf of the taxpayers of mm -hmm. America. Um, I've also worked in the intelligence law community, and for most of my career, I've served as an advisor to a legal uh, a medical facility where I was assigned. And then... In my last 15 years of my almost 30-year career, I spent a lot of time helping soldiers directly uh, with their medical disability cases because we went into uh, the Gulf again, into Iraq and Afghanistan, and there was a lot of, of injuries, combat-related injuries, for soldiers that terminated their careers earlier than the soldiers would have liked. So what you were doing is a little bit different than what would happen when somebody files uh, a claim with the Veterans Affairs. It's a little different. Because um, you're, you're at the stage where they're still active duty and they're filing a claim for medical discharge. Is that what you would call it? Yes, that's, that's what we would be doing is working their medical discharge. Um, and that does involve the VA practice. Because we do the military, all, f all five services adopt the v uh, VA's ratings mm -hmm. that the VA issues. So the VA actually makes that rating determination, and the military will adopt that. And that dictates whether the service member gets a severance check or a retirement, a disability okay. retirement check. Okay. So the the work that you did at the end of your career is very much related to what we would be talking about today. Yes. I, I mean, I had a teeny bit of practice in this field before because, as I've mentioned, my dad was military, and I worked with him on his VA claims. He was in, an Agent Orange veteran, so there was always a nuance that I needed to work with him on in those areas because the law changed so much from the time he retired to the time he passed. Mm -hmm. And there was always something new that we needed to file and push on to ensure that he and my mom got the benefits they deserved. Thank you for joining the service and helping to protect my freedom. It's my pleasure. We appreciate it. 
So we're going to have to take a break in here just a second. Just wanted to remind everybody that I'm here with uh, Colonel Attorney Karen Pike, U.S. Army retired, and we're talking about the PACT Act, which was just passed on August 8th, 2022. And so you'll want to stick around through the break because uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about... um, what God's Word says about um, military service, and we'll be talking about what is the PACT Act, and uh, who was the service member that the Act is named after. So stay tuned. business owners and industry leaders seeking to elevate your brand and align with a highly targeted audience. Talk Law Radio invites you to partner with us in bringing in-depth interviews with expert guests, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice on a variety of matters to the listening audience. Let us get your business name out into the community. Log on to TalkLawRadio.com to find out how you can become a sponsor. That's TalkLawRadio.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're here to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Have you heard about the PACT Act? Today our guest is Attorney Colonel Karen Pike, United States Army retired, and we're talking about the PACT Act, which is a new law that was just passed by the federal government to help veterans uh, get the benefits that they need. Uh, so these, this is a service-connected uh, disability focus today, and so I wanted to give the audience some background on what that really means and how it might be different from non-service-connected. So tell us, Karen, in your own words, what is a service-connected disability? A service-connected disability is any medical condition or injury that impedes the soldier's ability to function in society and obtain gainful employment. Mm -hmm. So when this was initially uh, envisioned back in 1948, we were looking at a lot of blue-collar jobs, a lot of manual labor, so the... CFR, the Code for Federal Regulation, focuses a lot on physical limitations. Okay. But it's really looking at how do those medical conditions impact your ability to earn a living. To work. um, And work. And so part of that determination is uh, a rating system about, I guess, how disabled are you? It is. Um, Basically, they've taken your ability to obtain gainful employment, and they, if you are fully able, you're 100%. And they've developed a system that decreases your ability by 10% for each rating. And it's there's an algebraic equation that doesn't kind of look good on radio, mm-hmm. um, but there's a, a method for them to determine how to calculate that because – you can have 10 conditions at 10%, and it's not going to add up to 100 because of the algebra. Okay. I like to call it uh, pumpkin pie math or pizza <laughs> pie math because, it, you know, when I draw the picture for a veteran I'm helping, I use that division okay. and take a slice of pizza off. I see. Um, it makes it easy because, you know, we're always hungry. <laughs> and so if I take your pizza away, you understand what oh, I did. Oh, yeah, then you're totally disabled. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, when you're proving that a soldier has been uh, disabled because of uh, uh, something that happened during service for the military, the the VA talks about a nexus connection. 
Can you explain what that is so that our our listeners that might not be in the military understand? Yes, the nexus, it means that something that occurred during your military service is what caused the particular medical condition that's limiting you from being Mm -hmm. fully employed. So, for instance, if you had a genetic issue, uh, maybe you had a a bone spur or something that didn't prevent you from coming in the military, but now has caused you pain later in life after Mm -hmm. retirement or after separation from the military, that in and of itself is not military connected. That's a a God-given defect. We all have them. None of us is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is not related to your service. But if you go into the service and you are a aircraft mechanic and you fall off of a ladder and you break your back, that is going to be service connected because that was, you, you got injured in the performance of your military duties. That same service member could have fallen off a ladder at his home on the military base. Mm-hmm. He's still going to get service connected because he's living on the military base because of his military service. Um, he'd be living in that local community because of his military service. So again, that's all connected to how and why did you get that injury? Um, if some, falls- o- some others might be the paratroopers jumping out of airplanes. Paratroopers jumping out of airplanes get a lot of physical injuries. Mm-hmm. They break things all the time. There's also the hidden injuries they can get because head injuries and concussions can cause long-term residuals. Um, so there's a lot of things like that. And then, hearing. of course, hearing. And I was going to talk about yeah. invisible injuries because hearing we can't see. Mm-hmm. You, the only way you see that is when you know the veteran or, in some cases, family members say, I, what did you say? I can't mm-hmm. hear you. Well, that's because we got a lot of exposure to weapons, aircraft, combat is not a quiet. It's not like a PlayStation where I can mm-hmm. turn the volume down. It It's whatever volume it's going to be. Yeah. So those can impact our hearing. And then there's toxic exposures. We'll get into um, which that. Which we'll get into. Because that's uh, why one of the major reasons that this new law was passed to help uh, veterans who were exposed to toxic substances. Um, I forgot to say what God's word was uh, coming back from the break. So I'll say that now. And Deuteronomy Uh, Chapter 20, verse 4, there's a verse that says, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. Amen. Okay, so if somebody isn't um, injured during their time of service, uh, but they are a veteran who was honorably discharged, they still might get benefits later on, um, but... Instead of disability compensation, they might call it a non-service-connected pension. They could. Um, A lot of the injuries may still be service-connected because the symptoms don't always show up right away. Um, For instance, if you break your leg, it may go the entire career and it doesn't cause you any pain. But Mm -hmm. later, you know, when you're getting a little older in life, you may develop arthritis pain. So that would be a service-connected arthritis that would be rated. But veterans who don't develop any medical conditions are still going to age. They're still going to need some support. And if they did not retire from the military, they're not going to have a military pension. Mm -hmm. So the VA has a provision for individuals who don't have a service-connected medical condition to receive that non-service-connected pension. And every veteran... that was honorably discharged is eligible to apply for that. And it is not necessarily as big as a disability pension, but it is there to help them in their retirement as they go through life. The catch is that it's, they base it also on your income and your assets. Yes. The, the millionaire is probably not going to get nearly as much Mm -hmm. um, as the veteran who's living on food, food stamps or, uh, a small retirement from a civilian company. And survivors can get benefits too, like a spouse or dependent child or a child with disabilities. Um, so you mentioned that you helped your father one time. Um, that was during 
his life, um, but your mom might have qualified for something too. She did. Um, when my dad passed in 2005, uh, he died from an Agent Orange-related medical condition and complications with that. And so we applied for the death and indemnity compensation because my mom is eligible for that compensation because of the service-connected condition causing my dad's death. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't win on our first application, but we did after two more efforts and more medical information provided to the VA. So now she receives a VA check um, that is about the same amount as what my dad would have received had he been with us, and she receives his uh, retirement, the portion of his retirement that she gets as survivor's benefits. So I guess the public policy behind that is to compensate the family, him and his uh, dependent spouse, because his life was cut short Yes, because of that condition. Without that condition, we would have expected him to live much longer, Mm -hmm. Um, but he developed medical conditions at a very young age in his 40s um, as a result of Agent Orange exposure. And we'll talk more about that, too, because in the PACT Act, there are some um, additional presumptions that they're going to make for uh, Vietnam veterans. Yes, they've added, I want to say, almost 10 new locations for presumptive service connection on exposures. Yeah, so you'll want to stay tuned throughout the the show for that. We're going to talk about the specifics probably near the second half. But what I want to say now is a shout-out to our sponsors, um, Veterans Medical Assistance Group and Veterans Information Services. First, Veterans Medical Assistance Group, VMAG, V-M-A-G, they provide professional assistance to help veterans understand their Veterans Affairs disability ratings, their benefits, uh, the current medical situation uh, that impacts both service-connected disabilities and service-connected conditions that may have been aggravated by existing service um, situations. If you want to reach out to VMAG, you can call 210-405-6252, 210-405-6252. Also, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Veterans Information Services. It's a resource for attorneys and agents accredited to file claims and appeals before the United States Board of Appeals uh, for Veterans Appeals. Uh, The Veterans Information Services includes software, continuing legal education, a dynamic listserv which averages over 300 professional members, and an archive site to access all previous listserv questions, answers, general counsel opinions, Board of Veterans Appeals opinions, and other judicial opinions. If you're an attorney or accredited agent interested in that, Call Jay McIntyre at 770-591-0260. I've been a subscriber to uh, Veterans Information Services for over 10 years, and I like it. Okay, we talked about service-connected disability compensation, non-service-connected pension. We talked about some survivor's benefits. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the PACT Act. And what I read was the PACT Act is perhaps the largest health care and benefit expansion in VA history. And the full name of the law is Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson Honoring Our Promise to Address Comprehensive Toxics Act. So I had to look it up. Yes. I wanted to find out who is Heath Robinson. Well, he was a decorated combat medic who died from a rare form of lung cancer. And so I had to look that up to find out really what it was. Uh, I read that it was a rare autoimmune disease called mucous membrane pemphigoid. And uh, it it developed into uh, stage 4 lung cancer. So you deal... Well, you did deal with all of these complicated uh, medical terminology. 
So that's probably something you just learned on the job. Yes. <laughs> How I, to say these long words. I, I did. I um, Way back when I first started as a medical legal advisor, I took a anatomy and physiology class for lawyers. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if they even still offer that, but they did at that time. Way back, like I said, I've mm-hmm. almost 30 years in the military, so this was way back then. Mm-hmm. And it was really helpful to be able to learn the f- language because then I can talk to the doctors without saying, could you translate that into kindergarten English? Right. Um, but now I get to be the translator and translate for the veteran. Veterans have to learn these concepts so that they can understand what they're going through and so that they can help to convince the the VA to grant them benefits in some situations. And it's easier when they know in plain English what the limit, what's causing their limitation. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the specifics of the PACT Act. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. Stay with us. Attorney Colonel Karen Pike, U.S. Army retired, and I want to remind you about our sponsors. Um, There is Veterans Medical Assistance Group, where they help you understand your current Veterans Affairs disability ratings and benefits. If you have questions about that, you can call 210-405-6252. That's 210-405-6252. 6252. I've referred some of my clients to Veterans Medical Assistance Group and they have obtained great results. Another sponsor is Veterans Information Services, which is a resource for attorneys and agents accredited to file claims and appeals. If you are looking for a resource and you're an attorney or an accredited agent to practice before the VA, call Jay McIntyre at 770-591-0260. God's word on this subject is that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Amen. We've been talking about the PACT Act, and I told you a little bit about Heath Robinson. He's the Sergeant First Class uh, who was a decorated combat medic uh, who died from a rare form of lung cancer because of being exposed to toxic substances. Yes. So how did this come about? You've pr- you probably heard uh, from your fellow ser- service members how um, these situations come up. What are some of the circumstances that will lead a service member to be exposed to toxic substances? Well, pretty much any time you're in a combat environment, uh, there's the potential for toxic exposures. A lot of the things that we use in what we build weapons out of or the residuals will release toxic substances into the air, into the environment where the the service members are. And those exposures can cause changes within our body that result in these various conditions popping up somewhere down the road. You might not see it right away like um, a chemical burn, Mm -hmm. but somewhere down the road that damage to the cellular structures will result in these medical conditions like Sergeant Robinson's cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, We see it a lot with our Agent Orange veterans. um, If they were... Well, say what Agent Orange is. Okay. Agent Orange was a chemical used to take all of the greenery off of plant life mm-hmm. in primarily in Vietnam, but also in other areas within that uh, combat theater and because it was easier to see who's on the ground. Mm-hmm. If you're on the ground, it's easier to see them. And if you were in the air, it was definitely easier to see them. So the combat 
um, activities were easier for us to perform. Um, Unfortunately, just like with the Roundup lawsuits that are ongoing, Mm -hmm. exposures to these types of chemicals can cause changes within the human body. Mm -hmm. And many, many, uh, probably millions of service members throughout the services were exposed to these substances that are in Agent Orange, both in that combat theater and some areas that are outside the combat theater like Guam, Okinawa, which is a island in Japan, and even some locations stateside like Fort McClellan, Alabama had some Agent Orange exposure. And there's a few other installations that are stateside that had some um, storage or use of the chemicals. Some other toxic substance I remember learning about was... Um, the cleaning of uh, machinery, I think um, there was uh, some, whatever they used to clean stuff with. That, that the, there are some, some degreasing solvents mm-hmm. that also have uh, similar effects to uh, what we see with Agent Orange burn pit exposures and those sorts of things. When you have these big open vats of these cleaning solvents and you're dropping aircraft parts or other Mm -hmm. uh, pieces into those, um, it's allowing it to evaporate into the air. There's always splashing. Mm -hmm. Those exposures can cause problems for the mechanics and the personnel who work in those fields. Okay. Now, it brings me to my question about burn pits. Um, There might be a whole lot of people out there that don't understand what a burn pit is or why the military would be using them? Well, in many combat environments, we don't have the modern waste disposal facilities we'd have here in the United right. States. Right, trash trucks. We don't have trash. You don't have, have as many trash trucks, but you certainly don't have these modern incinerators that have the EPA-approved oh, like air scrubbers hospital, and things that you uh, – mm-hmm. we don't have medical waste disposal. Yeah. I mean, most hospitals – would have an incinerator that has a lot of air cleaning capability so that when they burn toxic medical waste, that toxin doesn't get into the air. Mm -hmm. It is caught in the filters, and then those filters can be disposed of in in an appropriate manner. In a combat environment, we don't always have access to that technology. So you still have to dispose of all of the garbage created Mm -hmm. by normal activities of daily living, as well as combat activities. Mm -hmm. And the way that that has been done since the dawn of time and the dawn of war is you bury it, you burn it, you dump it Mm -hmm. somewhere away from wherever your your military personnel are. But there are some service members that that maybe are more exposed than others. Oh, yes. We – we don't always make our dumps far away from civilization. Um, in Afghanistan, there uh, is an installation that has a burn pit located right between the living area and the headquarters element where everybody worked. Oh, no. So in order to get to work, the individuals would walk through that mm-hmm. smoke. And since that pit burned 24 hours a day, there was almost always a haze over the installation. And those, even though they didn't think about it, they... On a regular basis, daily basis, 24 hours a day, we're breathing in various chemicals and through the air. So I looked it up on the VA website. Um, there was a question that the VA answered, what was burned? Chemicals, paint, medical and human waste, metal and aluminum cans, munitions, unexploded ordnance, petroleum and lubricant products, plastics, rubber, wood, food waste, uh, and and so, like Karen was saying, these service members were exposed to smoke created by burning these materials. And um, although I I don't yet know what um, the the service member Heath Robinson was exposed to, um, he must have been exposed to something toxic. So that's why the Congress and the Senate. And the United States president decided to pass this law was to help um, service members get benefits easier. So let's talk about what a presumption is. Okay. And a presumption is when the VA basically says if you were in a particular location, you did in fact 
experience exposures. Mm-hmm. And therefore, any medical condition that develops as a result of that exposure to a chemical is going to be service-connected. So you don't have to prove, I was in Vietnam, I was exposed to Agent Orange, I actually had all of this stuff. Disease. All you have to say is, I was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I was in the air. I flew through the airspace over Vietnam uh, one occasion, and you will not be service connected for any of the conditions they determined have uh, been caused by Agent Orange exposure. So you just need a medical opinion that you're suffering from that condition. Correct. And the do- military documentation that, that says, says you were, you were there. there. So your orders sending you to Vietnam, your orders sending you to Iraq, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. those locations, any of the conditions. Um, and I want to. Yeah, let's go through some. The presumptive conditions for that the new PACT Act will say if you suffer from this and you were there, you don't have to prove the nexus. All right. So in the Gulf War era, we talked primarily about burn pit exposures because they stopped using Agent Orange, and that's not an issue for most of our— And they were in the desert. They were in the (laughs) desert. Um, So for those, if you were in—and let me read you the list here because it's pretty long—Afghanistan, which is in the Middle East, Djibouti, which is in Africa, Egypt, northern Africa, but also Middle East, uh, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria— Uzbekistan, Yemen, and the airspace uh, over any of those locations. And also Bahrain, Iraq, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Somalia, United Arab Emirates, and the airspace above those. And then there's probably going to be a couple of little locations that aren't specifically listed. Mm -hmm. They'll still give presumptive um, service connection for once you document that they are within the same Area. area. Um, but they, they will service connect a, a pretty long list. Um, any brain cancer, any gastrointestinal cancer of any sort, um, head cancer of any sort, kidney cancers, lymphatic cancers, lymphomas of any type, any sort of melanoma, so any sort of skin cancer that falls into the melanoma mm-hmm. category, which is the most aggressive form, neck cancer, pancreatic cancers, and then we look at sort of a broad range of respiratory conditions, asthma, bronchitis, rhinitis, sinusitis, a ton of stuff is included with that. And Um, so these conditions, if you suffer from it and you happen to have been in those presumptive locations, you don't have to prove the nexus. They're just going to presume that because you were there and you have this condition, it was caused during your service. We're going to take one more break. Stay with us. Discover the fascinating world of the law with Talk Law Radio. Listen to 930 AM The Answer every Saturday morning at 11 for insightful discussions and expert analysis. Then, don't miss out on a thrilling bonus segment every Sunday at 4.30 PM when Talk Law Radio's attorney, Todd Marquardt, offers his professional perspective on trending legal issues. Stay informed and engaged with the legal matters that shape our nation. Join Talk Law Radio for an enriching radio experience on 930 AM The Answer. And for more info, go to TalkLawRadio.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here talking with Colonel Attorney Karen Pike, United States Army, retired. We're discussing the PACT Act, which is a new law that was just passed August 8th that addresses uh, veterans' benefits. It seeks to make qualifying for service-connected benefits a little bit easier for those in the United States military who are suffering from medical conditions. We went through a list of uh, presumptive locations and a list of presumptive conditions for the Gulf War era for those service members who served during those periods of war and are suffering from those things. And now I'd like to talk about some of the presumptions for older service members who may have been in Vietnam or Camp Lejeune, 
And I also wanted to ask you about this. Um, there were some very specific places where uh, the, the VA is also going to make a presumption for those who may have been exposed to radiation. And one of those was this one, Eniawatak yeah. Atoll. Did I say that right? Have it's, you heard of that? Yes, I have. It's one of the uh, islands in the Marshall Islands that we uh, used for atomic bomb uh, testing. testing. Okay. So, in Awatak. And so they they were the the veterans were exposed to that and any time that they were having to uh, apply for benefits they would have to explain how there was a nexus between their service and and the fact that they were suffering from radiation exposure well now there's a presumption there so they don't have to prove the nexus and then there's this place in Spain Palomares Spain do you remember hearing about that? I did hear about that. We uh, had a crash of an Air Force B-52 bomber in that location back in the 60s. I don't remember the date, mm-hmm. but um, the aircraft had nuclear munitions on board, mm-hmm. so there's a radiation exposure because, you know, obviously the nuclear bomb didn't just jump up right, and run away. Right. It was damaged and destroyed mm-hmm. as part of the crash. So while it didn't explode and cause a nuclear disaster, mm-hmm. individuals who cleaned up that crash were exposed to nuclear radiation because of the, the munitions. Okay. And how about Agent Orange? What are the new presumptions with Agent Orange? Um, Agent Orange has got one, two, three, about four or five new locations. They're probably going to be more expansive than just five because if you say any United States military or Royal Thai military installation you you were assigned to that that actually comes out to about fifteen different specific locations in Thailand mm-hmm. um, and on the border between Thailand and Vietnam. So all of those installations, because aircraft that were assigned to those installations flew in and out of Vietnam and brought that back. And most of these um, installations, especially those right on the border of Vietnam, they used the Agent Orange as a defoliant along perimeter fences because there were terrorist attacks on those installations, people coming in from Vietnam Mm -hmm. or individuals who were uh, affiliated with Vietnam would try to attack personnel on those installations so they would keep the wire fences areas clear Mm -hmm. to uh, improve security. Um, We did have some military operations in Laos, which is adjacent to Vietnam as well as uh, certain locations in Cambodia, also adjacent to the Vietnam. Uh, and so this is all related to the Vietnam War. Correct. And veterans that were having problems, medical problems related to Agent Orange, they would have to prove that there was a connection. Yeah, because they weren't physically located in Vietnam and they may not have been in the airspace. Mm-hmm. They had to actually show that their medical condition was caused by the Agent Orange used on the Mm -hmm. installation they were assigned. And so this will make it easy for them to get the benefit. Yes, it's going to be a lot easier. Um, If you were assigned, say, to Royal Thai Air Base and you developed an Agent Orange condition, um, we would have to have presented evidence to the VA and sometimes even go through a hearing process that showed you got physically located with, and we'd have to show it with orders and photographs of you on the installation Mm -hmm. and statements from buddies that you haven't seen in 50 years saying, oh, yes, Todd and I were both assigned Mm -hmm. to that installation and we'd go smoke out by the – on the other side of the flight line right up next to the perimeter fence. Well, it's kind of hard to find people 50 years after the fact um, who may have passed from the condition you're claiming. Right. Um, And I don't know how many people built scrapbooks back in that day that – we would think of, you know, we, we've got a lot of folks now who scrapbook mm-hmm. every moment of their life, and we've got Facebook, but we don't have individuals from the 60s and early 70s who may have that photographic archive. Yeah, and you have to keep up with that scrapbook for 50 years. Yes, it's not as easy to keep up with physical scrapbook as their digital footprint on Facebook. There's a couple new presumptive conditions with uh, veteran era, veteran eligibility. 
Uh, there are a few um, new ones. Let me flip pages here. One was okay. high blood pressure, hypertension. Yes, high blood pressure was not previously covered, um, although most other cardiac conditions were. High blood pressure is a precursor to many of the cardiac conditions we would see, such as heart attack, coronary artery disease, atherosclerosis, all of which were presumptively covered because of Agent Orange exposure. Um, they've now expanded that to include the high blood pressure, um, and, it, and that's great because you we can don't, apply sooner. You can apply sooner, and if you were someone who took really good care of yourself and you had a doctor who helped you stay healthy and you never developed these other conditions because they were aggressive with your care when your high blood pressure started, you can now get service connection. And if you're meeting the qualifications for a compensable rating, they will now increase your rate and right. provide that compensation. There's another, this other condition that's hard for me to pronounce. Can you see it here? Um, I can. It is said monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance. And let me switch pages again because... Do you know what that is? Um, <laughs> I don't know what that is. So the reason why all this is important is because uh, service members go serve their country and they, they're fighting for our freedom and they survive, but when they return, they're suffering from these medical conditions that can only be explained by their exposure to certain uh, toxic substances. Okay, and the monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined uh, significance, what they call IMGUS within the medical community for short, is basically where your body produces a specific protein in your blood system. It, it develops in your bone marrow, so you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And it's because of, of changes that Agent Orange caused in your bone marrow and how your bone marrow develops. That can impact um, your clotting factors. It can impact the ability to carry oxygen to places within your body. Mm. So when you have those defects, you may have a lot of other conditions because of that. So if you're suffering from these things, I'm sorry. Uh, the VA is here to help compensate you for that. We appreciate your service and protecting our freedom uh, here in the United States and worldwide. So we're coming to the close of the show, and I always like to talk to our guests about legacy because Marquardt Law Firm focuses on legacy. So you know what time it is, right? And now it's time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's your legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm. So, Karen, um... We focus on business and estate law, including last wills and living trusts and mm -hmm. tax-protected inheritance plans. And so the central idea behind all of that is, well, you can't take it with you. That's true. And so some people will leave their house or their ranch or their car or uh, money in the bank. Other people like to focus more on the values that they pass down from one generation. If you had to identify something that, that you learned or values that you adopted because of somebody that went before you, uh, what would you talk about? Well, the family I grew up in was a military family, and we have a really robust military history. Um, four of my great uncles served in World War II. My dad served... In the Vietnam era, um, most of my siblings are have some affiliation with the military. I mean, my sister married a army veteran. I'm in the military. Mm -hmm. One of my younger brothers is in the military. My older brother was in the military. So we have a, a very robust. Uh, Did your parents encourage that? They never necessarily encouraged us to go into the military. They supported us in whatever career path and life path we wanted to pursue. Um, and the, I think the enduring thing that for all of us, for me and all of my siblings, is we all wanted to grow up and be like my dad. My dad believed that the Constitution um, of the United States was the guiding document for our country. 
and that protecting the freedoms that that guarantees is of utmost importance. And so we've all pursued that in some manner. Some of us went in the military. Some of us have done other things. I mean, I've got a sister who is an editor of a newspaper, protecting our freedoms mm-hmm. of speech and ensuring that you know the truth is out there. I've got uh, you know nieces and nephews who've been in the military, so their parents raised them to pursue these same uh, protections of freedoms. And so that is really for us what would be, I think, our legacy that my dad and the rest of our ancestors have given to us. Um, my mom's family immigrated here from Poland um, in part because of the huge oppression of religious freedoms and the other challenges that you have when you are in a country that's constantly occupied by other governments wow. from different places. And so even though they came in the 1800s, the, the history of Poland as an occupied nation is, goes back several hundred years. And so they understood what it was like to not have freedoms on many levels as well. So from both sides, we got an education on how mm-hmm. wonderful the freedom is here in America. And having been deployed and gone to many different countries in the world, I can tell you there is not a better place to live. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your family legacy. You're welcome. So we've been talking about the PACT Act, which is a new law just passed August 8th, 2022. If you have uh, questions for our sponsors, uh, please contact them. They might be able to help you. Also, if you have been denied benefits, you can call Marquardt Law Firm at 210-530-4278. And so that's it for today. I'm Todd Marquardt on Talk Law Radio. I'll talk to you later. business owners and industry leaders seeking to elevate your brand and align with a highly targeted audience. Talk Law Radio invites you to partner with us in bringing in-depth interviews with expert guests, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice on a variety of matters to the listening audience. Let us get your business name out into the community. Log on to TalkLawRadio.com to find out how you can become a sponsor. That's TalkLawRadio.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com